When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. I'm Petey. Leah and Craig have the day off today, and we have a very special guest filling in, who is now the reigning champ of, of, of appearances on the PHNX Coyotes show. He has overtaken Bill Armstrong even after the Christmas special at Bill Armstrong's house. We're welcoming in Steve Potman, the head coach of the Tucson Roadrunner. Thanks for taking the time today, Potsy. Of course, of course. I heard you guys want to talk some Tucson Roadrunner hockey, so I'm all in. Looking forward to it, Pete. Good grief. What happened to your voice? You've been, you've been yelling at those guys today? You know what? I, I, I'm going to say that it's a coaching voice because I don't want to sound, you know, sick. You don't want to appear weak. So <laughs> I'm just going to say that I've been screaming. <laughs> well, this is going to be a little bit different uh, of, a, of a show today. It's just going to be an audio podcast. And honestly, uh, Coach, I, I just want to make this uh, just like a phone call when you're driving home from, from the rink and heading back up the I-10. So I, I just want this to be light, easy. This is going to be hard-hitting questions about the Tucson runners. And let's let's start off with uh, kind of a temper check, temperature check. Where, where are the Tucson Roadrunners right now? How's the season going? Oh, the season right now is going really well. You know, our guys are, are all bought in. I really feel like we've got uh, some guys that, enjoy being at the rink they're all bought in they all want to get better and they're really working on the relationships it's it's a group that's seems to want to continue to build so it's been a lot of fun coaching them it's been a lot of fun watching them compete and and grow through this process it's been great so far you're 32 games in. You, you, you find yourself three points behind the Calgary right now um, and tied with Ontario. Um, is the top spot in the Pacific a, a possibility right now for these roadrunners? You, you know what? We, uh, we, You and I talked a little bit about this uh, the other day, but we, we really try to, to not focus on that. We, we really try to focus on what's ahead of us and you know, trying to come to the rink with the mindset of really trying to get better. And you know what? Videos, they don't lie. And so there's a lot of, you know, detail and there's a lot of data that suggests that we still need a lot of improving. So uh, that's what really we focus on. And to be honest with you, a lot of times we don't want to really set a standard of first place. And I know that might sound maybe arrogant, but who knows what the standard is, you know, even if you do get to first place, what's, what's next. So we really try to, 
just stay in the moment and, and, and try to get better. And whatever the moment requires is what we're going to, we're going to jump on. And uh, that's really been our focus. Well, and it bring up something interesting too, because you, you at Tucson, you have to walk that balance of your developing players and you're trying to compete. Uh, and, and for me, you guys got in the playoffs last year. You, you played, you ran and out in, in a hurry and, and you'd like to see these guys, part of their development is playing important games late in the season and playing games important in the spring. Um, so I, I agree with you what you're saying about the standings, but it is also important to, that these guys get a taste of that kind of competition late in the year. So, so how do you feel about the playoffs and I know we're a long way away from that but how important is that for these guys I think it's a, I think it's really important like a, it's, as you said you know it's important for them to play in some meaningful games when you when you talk about playoffs it's really a different type of season you know it's the best teams so the level goes up and so it brings you closer to the level that they're gonna want to play at in the NHL and so it's it's critical that you get into the playoffs uh, you know, but for it really is about trying to improve every day. And, and if you do it the right way and you have the right guys that like being at the rink and they really love playing the game and really love learning and being out there and they're competitive people, chances are you're going to you're going to make the playoffs and you're going to be in some pretty good games. Yeah, well, it's funny because we're going to talk about a lot of the players, and one of the players I want to talk about right away is a guy that that is currently not on your roster, and that's Dylan Gunther. And and I want to walk through a lot of the things that he's been through over the last year. And you you come with a player that that comes into the, the the you know the training camp this year thinking he's going to be on the team, and I think his expectations internally where he planned on playing for the Coyotes right out of the hop, and all of a sudden final cuts come down, and, and he's not on this team. He's heading down to Tucson. What was his mindset when you guys first hit the ice here in training camp down in Tucson? Well, you know what? I think he was, like you said, he was probably a little bit irritated with the situation. But I got to give credit to management for for really trusting the process. And, you know, when you you draft a good human and and a good player like that, a lot of times it's hard to let him go. And it's, you know, you want to see him grow right under your eyes, right under your nose. And I got to give credit to management for for trusting the pot process, letting them come down and and really work through some of the pain and some of the things that they clearly identified he needed to get better at. And you know, there's a little resistance there at first because you know you you think you can do it the way you've always done it. And I say there was a little resistance. The the resistance didn't last very long. I'll tell you, he jumped with both feet at trying to get bigger and stronger. You know, I can tell you a story uh, after uh, a game in Ontario, you know, it's an hour drive uh, to LA and we've got a flight in the morning. And so I was back to Phoenix to get back to my family and the boys were flying back to Tucson. And so I went downstairs, I think it was like 1230 at night after the game, uh, 1230 in the morning after the game. And I was setting up a shuttle for my ride home in the morning or my ride to the airport in the morning and I walked by the gym and there's Dylan working out. So, you know, he, he didn't take the information lightly and he just dove right in. And so he, he worked, he worked hard at trying to get stronger and, and better and bigger. And then, you know, with the stuff that again, give credit to management for clearly identifying what he needed to work on in order to play in the NHL. 
sometimes to receive that information as a player is tough. And this is where you, you got to give credit to, to Dylan for, for accepting the information and really doing his best to make it happen. And of course, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. You still kind of always done, but it's the minute that the light bulb went on and he, he really bought into it, he started to really elevate his game. He was always getting points, but in the last week, week and a half, two weeks before he got called up, I mean, he was on a different planet. He played completely different. He was playing a lot faster, a lot quicker. He was structured. He was detailed. He was on and off the ice quicker, and he just started getting results. And then they just kept compiling, and next thing you know, he earns a call-up. And now he's, you're seeing where he's at, and he's made the best of it. Hopefully, he continues. Have you had an opportunity to see, to see him play in these two games for the Coyotes? I know your schedules, you're extremely busy down there, but do you get a chance to see any of what he's done up here and your thoughts on, on how he's performed? I, I missed the first game. Truthfully, I missed the first game, but I got a lot of texts from people saying how fast he was playing and they thought he was one of the better players. And then I uh, did my best to stay up last night. Uh, we, we get up pretty early in the morning, so usually you're you're getting to bed pretty early. So last night I watched uh, shifts, and, and you could just see there's a you know there's a little different level. There's a little different uh, intent behind every shift. And so I, I really like seeing the pace of play, and he's got confidence. And he's got that look in his eye that he wants to wants to stay wants to show that he's made the improvements he's done a great job one of the things that people ask us all the time on the show is is during the season and there's a call-up and there's an injury or or they need to pull up somebody from tucson and the the immediate reaction is well let's get the leading scorer let's get the, the guy that's that's leading the way down there offensively and then you call up you know it's a zach sanford it's it's a it's a justin kirkland it's, it's not the guy that's leading the way and scoring um can you walk us through that process on how how the team you know the management the coaching staff how do you decide who's making that trip from tucson up the i-10 to play for the coyotes well, I, I think we had a plan of, of really making sure that Dylan spent the appropriate amount of time to make sure that he's ready. You know, he was getting points, but he at, at the early, you know, the early onset of the season, I can't say that he was really ready to take the next step because if you you do call him up early and and then you know, maybe he's not quite as ready as we would like him to be, and he does get the call up because he is a leading scorer, then he kind of you, you know you you leave yourself wide open for disappointment. And, you know, I, I really respect the process we went through. Give credit again to management to not rush it. He went up because he really earned it. Like, he, it was more than just points. There, there's just another level that you reach, and you can just see the pace of play was high, the structure was high, the quickness of play with his decision-making was high. He wasn't overhandling the puck because he could. He was distributing the puck and then jumping the holes. He was playing a, a north-south game. And he was getting to the dirty areas. He was hard on the forecheck. And so when you put all those things together, then you see a player that's ready to play that play in the NHL that best resembles an NHL player. And I think if you rush it sometimes just based on points, you're not really an NHL player yet. And you know what? You know, you've been in the locker room a long time. 
when you don't score, you have to be able to, to bring something to the table. And if you're going to come into the NHL and you're not going to be a top six forward, you have to bring something to the team every night. And he was ready to do it. If he's not going to be on the score sheet, he's got to be able to forecheck. He's got to be able to be structured. Andre Turney has to trust him being on the ice against top lines and difficult matchups at different times of the game. And if you do it just based on points, sometimes it's just, it can snowball and it can go backwards on you. So really proud of our process right now, just being committed to it. And it just, I think, gave Dylan the best chance and it's now given the Arizona Coyotes the best chance. You said there was a coach, and, and now your, your roster is, is missing. It, it's you know one of its leading scores and top offensive players, and honestly one of the leaders of the, of the team. And, and then you get a guy like you know Zach Sanford, who who was a veteran player in the league, and all of a sudden you expect him to be joining your roster, and now he's not. He's in Chicago, and then a Justin Kirkland, a guy that again is a veteran kind of leader, a guy that the guys just gravitate to. He's on your roster. And and then the next day he's not on the roster. So from the coaching staff side of it, do you sit there and you go, "Oh darn it, we don't have this guy," or "Or gosh, I hope he makes it here," or "I hope he comes back," or or you just, "Hey, it is what it is. I'm a coach in the American League, and shake him in a bag, throw him out, and that's who's playing tonight." Yeah, you know what? It's first and foremost, we're we're proud to see our guys get the opportunity to to get called up. That's that's our job. And if they can get up and do a job for the Coyotes, then, then we instantly feel that, that sense of pride. So immediately we're, we're happy for them. And management's done such a great job of filling our roster with so many good players and good people. I can tell you our, our guys felt just as happy, and some guys feel like they, they miss them. But I would say that 90% of them feel really happy for them. And the other... You know, the 90% of them all feel like they, they can't wait for the opportunity to possibly play more. So, like, honestly, it's it's not as big a deal when you have a good roster with lots of depth and good quality people. It's a little harder when, you know, when the, there isn't as much depth and there isn't as many quality people. Then it, then it can become difficult for your team. But the sense of happiness and, and pride to see your, your guys get called up that 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 always stays but we're we're there's a lot of good players right now looking for an opportunity we trust them you know what we can't wait to just keep marching on that's been the message the whole way is just no matter what's in front of us we just continue just to find ways to get better it's funny because one one of the things you mentioned there is is the pride you feel as a coach when when guys are successful when they get that call up and you and you're helping them on their journey and developing those players. Honestly, that, that's what your job is. It's develop these guys for for the next level and, and do the best you can to to make these guys NHL ready. And, and two guys that you've done that to recently that are making big contributions to the team are Matthias Michelli and Michael Carconi. So when you get a chance to step back and look at their process and what they've been able to do, not just in Tucson, but but now taking the step to the National Hockey League and not just playing, but, but excelling and, and really performing at the level that they did, honestly, in the American League. What does that go through your head as a, as a coach and see their process and development? <laughs> you know, it's a, that's a great question. I, I, I love it because when you see how well they're doing, you realize that you didn't have much to do with it. It was just a matter of time. <laughs> you know, they're going to do really well no matter what and find a way in. 
but yeah, it makes you, it does make you feel proud of your process that they were able to come through us first and, you know, they're, they're able to continue on for sure. And I really do believe that we were just in their, in their way, you know, at, at some point or another, these guys were going to make their way into the NHL and, and be full-time NHLers. Some just take a little bit longer, but uh, you know they're they're elite people, they're elite players. They're they were going to play at some point or another uh, in the NHL. I want to talk about some of the other players on this team, and one of them is is a guy um, that last year spent most of his season playing college hockey in in Tempe, and. In, in, you know, Josh Doan finishes the season and then comes down and plays a few games with a cup of coffee just to, to get his toes wet. And this year he had an outstanding rookie camp, and then he has a great training camp and his first couple of games in exhibition. He was outstanding. You know, we, we get disconnected once the season starts up here in, in Phoenix and we don't get a, get a follow as closely as we'd like to. And I, I look at the standings and your points, and Josh Doan's right at the top. I'm like, he's right in there with Dylan Gunther. How has Josh Doan's season and development been so far this year? Well, he, he's you know what it's like in the locker room when you when you have a guy that just just shows up every day, and, and no matter what's going on, he shows up the exact same person all the time. It doesn't matter if we if we've won, we've lost. If he had points, he didn't have points. He, he's just he shows up. You know, I'm saying this over and over again, but just with the love of the game, and, and he knows his purpose. He knows that he, he things that he needs to improve on, and I don't even he doesn't look at it as as a task or a job or as, he just looks at it as fun, and he just goes out and does it, and he receives information really well. He's very coachable. He's a player that you root for, and to be honest with you, it has nothing to do with his last name and a lot to do with his last name. It, it, the only reason why it has a lot to do with his last name is because you know he's well brought up. But it has, you know, you're not a fan because of his last name. You're a fan because of the type of person that Josh is. And you, you want to see him have success. And you know what? The guys in the room just accept him for who he is and what he brings every day. And, and we're really lucky that all of our prospects, our young guys, are, are guys that are, are leader-type players that love to play. You know? And when they love to play... and they, they, they compete as hard as they do. I mean, it just elevates the mood of the room. They're not playing because we have to play them. They're playing because they're earning it. They're, they're a major part of the team and they're major contributors. So it's, it's been a lot of fun coaching Josh. And Josh is having a tremendous year. And it's a matter of time before he becomes an NHL player. And I know when he gets up there, He'll be the same as he was here, just a happy-go-lucky guy that goes about his day, competitive, hungry, enjoying being a hockey player. And those are hard to find. I mean, it's funny because when I watch Josh, and I've seen Josh play, well, honestly, since he's been seven or eight years old. So I've, I've seen the development of of Josh. And it was it's funny because his dad was this big bull and a guy that, you know, he got did where he got using his, his size and his strength and his physicality and a big power forward. And Josh didn't. I mean, he didn't have that early in his career. He was a cerebral player and a thinker. And, and he was one of the smaller kids on his all of his teams. So we had to learn a different way. And he gets to college and he finally started to get the size. But then I looked at his skating. Oh, gosh, I'm not sure. I, you know, I, I don't know if he can play. And then, well, I, I don't know if he's got got all the tools. And, and yet, 
every single level Josh Dome plays, he's successful. And, and you just go, what? I, I, I don't know if he can do that. And now, well, the American League, I, I think he's probably going to take a step backwards. You're probably not going to notice him. He's going to be a bottom six forward. And he's at the top of your scoring. And, and so what is about Josh Dome that allows him to be that guy? Well, yeah, you said it. I think everybody thought the same way you did. And I, I remember those days in minor hockey, and I could hear his dad say, move your feet, move your feet, move your feet. It was relentless, you know, and uh, he, he wasn't hard on him. He was just supportive. And I remember thinking, geez, Josh just had a great game. He's got this many points, and, you know, he was relentless about getting him to move his feet. He's like, yeah, I understand. I know he got points. That's all great. I love that. But he's not moving his feet. He's got to move his feet. And now when you, you know, you watch him play, he never stops moving his feet. And he's just almost like built callous in his, in his body and his mind where he can just push through it. He's just constantly moving. And his skating has not been affected at all. And in fact, like his pace of play is high. He forces turnovers. He's got a tremendous stick. And I would say, you know what? He was a little bit shy uh, in his first couple weeks in the American League. And then he started to get a little more comfortable with contact. And now he's fully immersed himself into it. And he's, you know, he's getting some good hits. He's more physically inclined. He's more physically engaged. He's, you know, he's, it's, it's never, you, you never think of his skating as being an issue. And I, I just think he just comes every day with the mindset of working and moving his feet. He's just, honestly, he's just fully engaged. He's but you see, walking. guys, you, Ponce, you've seen this. You've seen guys that are kids of NHL players and NHL stars, and they're like, what the hell am I doing in the American League? I should be up in the National League. My, my last name is so-and-so and so-and-so, and I'm, don't you know who my dad is? And, and I, you've seen it. I, I've seen it. And they're pouty and, and entitled, and they're pain in the ass in the locker room, and they're, they're difficult to deal with. <laughs> What's Josh like internally in the room for the players? Oh, yeah, he's the complete opposite of everything you just said. He he just, there is no emotional detachment, or he's not emotionally engaged with any of that stuff. Like, he's not worried about call-ups. He's not worried about who gets the points. He's not worried about any of that stuff. He literally just takes care of his own game. He supports everybody. He's just, I, I don't know how else to really describe it. I think he's just one of those guys that, loves being at the rink, loves his challenges, he loves to play, and he's just going to be in the moment. And I'm sure, listen, over time, he keeps doing what he's doing, he's consistent, and he's not getting a call-up. There might be some questions here, you know, but uh, he, he's, I've never seen him one time get emotional about, you know, sitting out some shifts because things that didn't go right for his, for his line. He's just like, yeah, no, no, I understand, no problem. I'm ready for you. I'm ready whenever you put me out there. And you would think it's funny. You, you say that, Patsy. But but it's funny because when Matias Michelli got called up and we we'd interviewed Michelli and Carconi together in Tucson and Michelli gets the call up and Carconi's older, more experienced player and Carconi's the one sitting back in Tucson and we and I asked them I said, how do you feel about it? You know, Ronnie said, honestly, 
yeah, I want it to be me. And, and he was honest, but he said, you know, I'm rooting for him. I, I still come to the, he had an unbelievable attitude about it. And a year later, Carcone at moments was leading the team in scoring. So I, I think that, that, that reminds me of the same kind of conversation with Josh Dolan. Just hang on, just do, do it the right way. Continue to be a positive, you know, a positive citizen. You'll get there. Just follow the process, continue to develop. So I'm thrilled to hear that he's taken a, the, the mental approach where, you know, I'm good. And just let's go play hockey. And so that, that is exciting to me. But then let's switch gears to another guy. Another guy that I think a lot of people thought when he got drafted, I think they thought he would probably be playing with the Coyotes by now and be a part of this team on the back end, and that's Victor Soderstrom. Yeah. Um, and, and you still look, and Victor's still down in Tucson, and, and he's you know you've had call-ups, and it's Kesselring, and, and it's not Victor Soderstrom. How was how was one? How was his season p- progressed? And, and two, you know his development path, and, and how was he mentally right now? Is he checked in? Is he still putting the work in down in Tucson? Completely checked in. Completely checked in. The thing about his his personality, people don't know a lot about, is that he's he's a deep personality, which means that he's result driven. He, he's he's passionate. He's hungry. He's hard, and that doesn't always come out of out of him when you, when you when you when you're around him or you watch him play. But he is fully immersed in this thing. And listen, it takes time for D. You know what it's like. You know, you're a skilled defenseman. You're a little bit, I won't say that he's undersized, but he's not 6'2", 220 pounds where you're physically dominating. It's not easy to go up against guys that are a little bit faster, a little bit harder, a little bit stronger. So you've got to find ways to maneuver around all of that. And you know what? His puck touches have significantly improved. He had a real hard time getting pucks to the net and through through the first layers of, of defense and now he's getting them through he had a hard time making a five foot pass quickly his decision making was, was not very good at, at times but we've seen that completely alter this year and I think it just you know the light bulb turn it goes on you have to push yourself a little bit harder in practice you have to demand more from yourself it's not okay to just be average you know you have to push yourself to get more and he's really been determined and he's really been determined to ask more of himself every day and honestly i'm really happy with how he's developing this year it was you know there were always some questions about soda like is is he going to get there and i wasn't always sure you know you could see that there was talent there what i liked about him was that he wasn't really shy away from some of the heavy challenges where we asked him to be harder in the corners, harder in the trenches, harder in front of the net. And you would think for a guy that was coming from Europe, a little younger, a little undersized, that he wouldn't really see it that way. And he didn't agree with what we thought his development model was. He just said, yep, I agree. I need to do that. I need to get better at it. It took a little time, but we're seeing now incrementally he's making real improvements and we're we're happy with the way he's developed to this point right now you know there's always more but i i I think there's there's a there's a there's a path in here and he's not far off he just needs to continue like you said before with some of the other guys just got to trust this process and really immerse yourself 
yes. It, listening to you, Coach, it, it's funny because it, ho- hockey's important. I mean, ultimately, your title is head coach, but I hear dad. I hear sports psychologist. I, I'm, I'm sure at times you're a, a nutritionist as well. You wear a lot of hats down there in Tucson, and I think it's important as part of their development that it's not just what they're learning on the ice. It's about their approach and learning and understanding the game off the ice, and that's an important piece of putting all of this together. Oh, a thousand percent. We were just talking about it today. It's it's amazing when you know you you understand that your mind is actually your biggest limit limiter. You know, the minute you're able to understand that your your mind really controls your limitations, it's it's amazing how much more you push yourself. And then when you have success, it really becomes a, a little bit of an addiction. You, you want to see more. And then when you see others go through the process and they have success, then all of a sudden you start to think like, well, wait a minute, I'm not that far off either. And then that kind of gives you a little bit more encouragement. And then you, you start to break through barriers and then you start to like pave new, new ways. And then you're just trying to take the next step all the time. And it kind of just becomes an addiction. You want, you want to see more. It does, it does something to you, you know, and, the mental part of the game is, is a lot of times what limits players from getting to the next step because honestly they're, they're, you set your own limitations most times yeah, you've seen that too because you you've, you and I have seen a lot of players equal in skill, equal in ability, and it's, it's that one piece. If you don't have it, you're gonna you're gonna mire down, and you, you're never gonna improve and get to that next level. Um, I want to talk one more area with you today. And by the way, this has been fun, and I think this is this is something we need to do here more often because I think this where this franchise is in their development. I think people need to know what's going on down there. I think they need to know these names. I think they need to know not just Dylan Gunther. You need to know what else is happening down there and how Dylan Gunther got to be Dylan Gunther. So one more guy I want to talk about. You saw Ivan Prozvitov have a, have a decent camp and he's he's been here for a long time and then he has to clear waivers and he doesn't. And I think I was personally surprised that he got picked up and went off to Colorado and good luck in, in his future endeavors. But that gave Matt Vialta an opportunity to step forward. A guy that, that you picked up from Ontario a year ago. Um, one, tell us what his season has been like and it must be good because the All-Stars just just came out for the American League, and Matt Vialta is is among the All Stars. By the way, I, I'm sure we're, we'll have talked about that on the show too. But Matt Vialta is an is an All Star. So tell how he has been performing, not just on the ice, but what he's meant to to, to help inside the locker room. Well, he's 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 awesome. Honestly, he's awesome. That's not an understatement. He just comes in every day, and he loves being in the locker. And he is the, I'm going to use their words, so I do apologize ahead of time, but he is so chill. You know, he comes in and yeah. nothing seems to phase him. But he, with such a relaxed, that, you know, demeanor, you don't think that he's intense and engaged and intentful and, you know, really wants to compete hard. You know, he's the, always the first guy at the rink. He's always the guy taking care of his body. He's in the cold tub. He's eating properly. He takes care of his body. And we're so happy to have him. And at the start of the year, to be honest, we all knew that he was a good goaltender. That's why we brought him. But we didn't know to what magnitude. And I think that he'd gone through a, a tough path. Like, he, he was playing behind some some goaltenders in, 
in Ontario in an LA system that were making five million, four million dollars a year. So he wasn't yeah. really getting the opportunity there. It was hard for him to get games. And then Matt, when, when he came here and he started to to perform the way he was, and then just his demeanor in the locker room, he's he's great to be around. And I know our players love playing for him. The only problem is right now, I feel like our players are getting a little soft. When they see that he's got the start and he's starting in net, and I, to be honest with you, I'm guilty of it too. I'm like, oh, good, Matty's in net. You know, we're, we're going to have a good night tonight. And, and this, you just default to that because of how well he's played. Well, you know, he's played well because the players played well. The energy around him has been really good. And so we need to make sure that we do our best to play our A game in front of him and not just you know, depend on Matty because he's been that good for us. But we know it, Patty. Hey, show me a good coach and I'll show you a team with a good goaltender. <laughs> hey, buddy. Oh I've been a bad coach a lot. <laughs> Patsy, I'm just kidding. Hey, you, you look at your schedule coming up. You've got you've got six games and nine nights. Welcome to the American League. I got can we, can we? Do you have time to, to go off of what you just said? Yes, of course. Okay, so we're at the coaches clinic and we're watching on stage there's Terry Crisp, Stanley Cup champion, uh, a French coach, he's uh, played for, uh, was with the Montreal Canadiens, I can't remember his name right now, and then there's Scotty Bowman, and all three of them are talking about their NHL experience and their cup sure. experience, and what they need to do to win the cup, and all the line matches and all the adjustments, yada, 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 yada. And uh, Sutter, actually, it was Sutter that was up there. Sutter says, listen, that's all great. I understand all of that, what you're saying. He goes, if you don't have a goalie, you don't win a cup. I'll tell you this way. My first year as head coach in the NHL, didn't have a goaltender, fired the next year. The year after that, I got a job, lost in the first round. The year after that, I had I had uh, Vernon in Calgary. Coach of the Year, <laughs> you know, finals in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. Even after that, I had, you know, years later, I had Jonathan Quick, Coach of the Year, Stanley Cup champion. Years yeah. after that, Jonathan Quick, Stanley Cup champion. So you're right. <laughs> if well, you maybe Steve a- Potvin, Matt Vialta, Steve Potvin, <laughs> American Hockey League Coach of the Year. Hey, don't, don't knock it, buddy. You never know, Potsy. Yeah, and, and by the way, if, if, if people do get to see this video, this is, again, every time you're on, it just pisses me off. You got, like, I don't know if you're dying that beard, but this ain't right. Like, my beard's all gray. I, this is, like, we're, I said it before, but if we're playing in the same movie, you're playing the younger version of me. And, and, and I'm, like, the one, that, yeah, it's, it's not good. If Valalta keeps saving the puck, my beard just starts getting darker and darker. Yeah, I mean, it's what it is. It's yeah. the stress I have to work with Craig Morgan every day. That's what does it for me. I would do okay. it for me, too. You, Don't you tell him six, I said that. Six games in nine days. How do you manage that as a coach, and how big of an opportunity is this for this team? Oh, it's a huge opportunity. And, uh, you know, the message was to think big, you know, like, <laughs> you know, um, sometimes you can get a, get to be a storyteller when you're, when you're coaching, but, you know, it took 32 years before somebody was able to climb Mount Everest, you know, and then once they climbed Mount Everest, it took 32 years for 200 people to do it. So once you did it once, like, you know, people knew that it wasn't impossible and then everybody did it. So you kind of wonder like why it took so long, you know, 
it's it's really the, the mentality of thinking big. You know, we're, we're going to be in some compromising positions. It's going to be tough. But, you know, if you just go at it with the right attitude and, and just keep working on the mindset, encourage each other, play the right way, rely on the structure, trust the structure, trust each other that we're able to do it, it's, it's not impossible. So you love this type of challenge. It's never going to be easy to take the next step. You know, we just got to get good at being at doing hard really well. So that was the message today. And, but, you know, I, I know the guys practice really hard. And, of course, you know, when you, you look out, you, you hope the guys are prepared. You know, there's you just got to be able to take it one day at a time and face the challenge that you're at right now. We're not worried about the ninth day. We're worried about what tomorrow looks like. We're traveling tomorrow. Let's get our mindset wrapped around that, and then we'll take care of the next day. Well, Pate, I got to tell you, I appreciate the conversations with you, and you're an incredibly cerebral and thoughtful, <laughs> thoughtful guy. And 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 I think the organization's in really good hands down there in Tucson. Thanks for taking all the time today. We wish you the best of luck. And, and sincerely, I want to do this more often because I think as the season progresses and the playoffs get closer, um, all the fans up here in, in Phoenix want to keep checking in on what's going on with not just the prospects but with the team. So thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule today. Honestly, anytime you want to talk about our guys, I'm in. I'm in. And then I think if I can keep the lead with Bill, that would make me that would be exciting. Too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I knew I knew that was the underlying theme here. The competition. Wait till he hears about this. We'll be having a special Bill Armstrong show later today. <laughs> no. It's, it's today, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks for your time, and, and thanks for being the first guy on, on conversations with Petey. I'm not sure what we're gonna call it, but I really like this. Like just sitting. I don't have to worry about Craig, and, and I and just we sit here and just talk hockey so i really appreciate it Pati. drive safe travel safe good luck the rest of the way and and we will talk very soon awesome awesome you're the man Katie. thanks for having me on brother well, that'll do it for today's edition of the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Make sure you follow the show at PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter. Follow us on our YouTube channel. Download the podcast and give us a five-star review. You can follow me at S. Peters Hockey, at Leah Merrill is our usual host. She's not here, and at Craig S. Morgan for all the breaking news. Again, we'll see you after every Coyotes game on the PHNX Coyotes postgame show. Thanks for being there, and we'll see you at the rink.